Welcome to the Delvin Cox Experience, the podcast in which each week I am on a one-man mission to unite our culture to diversity. I'm your host, Delvin Cox, and this week I have a legend on. And I don't use that term lightly in any form of fashion. Literally, his songs kind of shaped my childhood, which we'll get into. I like to introduce Stan Bush to the Delvin Cox Experience. How you doing, brother? Hey, how's it going? It's nice going great. See- Good to see you too. Welcome to the experience. Oh, thank you. And as always, we'd like to start the podcast off with the five for five. Five questions, five asks to get the ball rolling. Mr. Bush, are you ready? Yeah. All question, set. Question number one. What is the best album or song you listened to in the past year? Does not have to be new, by the way. Uh, the best album or songs I listened to this past year? Yes, does not have to be new. Oh, man. Uh, and it could be your own album, by the way, which I heard. uh well i got really close to my own music and uh so you know i i'd have to say that because i haven't really been listening to other stuff too much but uh you know you get focused in like laser vision kind of thing but uh yeah the dare to dream album uh, i'm really proud of it it came out great yeah we're gonna get into that in a minute because that album is great i like it a lot but question number question number two are you more of an Autobot fan or a Decepticon fan? Oh, probably Autobot, I guess. Yeah, I think so. Good answer. Good answer. <laughs> <laughs> All right, question number three. What is the dumbest thing Stan Bush ever did as a kid? Oh, boy. <laughs> There's a lot of things. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I think one time at a family reunion, uh, I said something about, the, the chicken's got blood inside it. <laughs> In other words, it wasn't cooked all the way. <laughs> <I think> some, <laughs> you know, little kids don't think about what they're saying. You know, I, I've made that mistake as an adult. <laughs> it's not a good thing to do. <laughs> all right. Question number four. If you could pick any artist to work with through any genre, through any time or any era, who would you pick? Oh man, probably Joe Walsh. I, uh, he's great. I've always been a huge fan of his. I, uh, I met him in Miami actually, uh, oh. back, back in the seventies. I, uh, we were recording at the same studio and then the Eagles came to town and, uh, anyway, he was real that, nice to, that nice. is really cool. That is awesome. All right. <laughs> All right. Question number five. This was going to be a tricky one. Okay. Okay. Thanos is coming to attack earth has all the Infinity Stones, all that good jazz. You could pick five musicians, including yourself, of course, to take out Thanos with the power of music. Who are you picking? Oh, let's see. Jimmy Page on guitar. Uh, well, we'd have to resurrect him, but uh, Bonham on drums. Um, we can make that work. <laughs> <laughs> let's see. Uh, probably Rick Wakeman, and again, the same thing. And... Uh, Boy, bass, it's hard to talk about or figure out who that would be. Uh, There's a lot of great guys. Uh, Anyway, uh, I don't know, maybe Paul McCartney because we got his voice that way. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. That's smart. uh, Yeah, yeah. And for the same reason, uh, we could have another keyboard player, you know, uh, uh, Stevie Wonder, my favorite singer, by the way, pretty much in the the world. (laughs) I like that. I like those answers. Those are good answers. (laughs) <laughs> thanks so first and foremost thank you 
<laughs> for all the uh, thousands, millions of fans who enjoy your music. Thank you for uh, doing what you do. Thank when you. I, for, yeah, I appreciate the kind words, man. When I told my friends who I was interviewing, one, they sent me a thousand questions, which they never do. <laughs> and two, all of them emphatically told me their stories about how the 1986 Transformers movie influenced them. And not only that, particularly the soundtrack, which I will say right now, is one of the best soundtracks in movie history. Oh, hands down. So nice to hear. Thank you, man. I really appreciate that. I, I, I felt real good about that stuff, too, back when we recorded it. I remember the producer from uh, Scotty Brothers, he was saying, he said, I want to make the best rock album ever made. It was like, you know, those are really high. But, you know, we came in, we were voted number 13, uh, 13th best album by Kerrang! magazine in, in, in England. This was back in the in the 80s, you know, so. But that was very cool. We we made a great album. I'm, you know, yeah, I agree. Whether, whether it's in the top twenty or the top hundred, it's it's still a really fine album, the Barrage album. But uh, but thank you. I, I think it's crazy to find out that because I was reading a little bit on it that the Touch song wasn't originally made for that movie. Yeah, yeah, we wrote the Touch uh, to we, we originally for the Stallone picture. You know, had that in mind. Uh, the the Cobra movie. And uh, anyway, it ended up in the Transformers and we're like a, uh, an animated movie about robots. <laughs> we're like, <laughs> anyway, it turned out to be this huge phenomenon, you know, so we're really it, happy that that's what happened. a lot better in Transformers than it would have Cobra. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> so let me ask you this. How did it all begin for you? If I'm correct, you were born in, in Florida. So you're a Florida boy like me. Yeah. What made you want to do music? How did well, that happen? It, you know, I got to say a big part of it, I was probably 10 years old, but my mom came and got us out of the bedroom. Come in, you got to see this. And it was the Beatles on Ed Sullivan. And uh, our mouths dropped open. I was like, holy smokes. And uh, from then on, it was like I was hooked. You know, I, I started learning guitar around that time or right after that. You know, so it, it uh, and I was in bands all through school. Uh, we, like I say, we moved up to Gainesville, uh, shortly after that. And, uh, you know, I knew a lot of the people like Tom Petty and, you know, group went to school with those guys and other people from Gainesville, like uh, a couple of the Eagles guys were from Gainesville as well. And Stephen Stills went to school there and, uh, the Almond brothers were around that area. So it was a cool, very musical town. And uh, that but, sounds you know, like the coolest school you could possibly go to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was great. Yeah, that's awesome. So, let me ask you this How did you get your start in music and things in terms of like, I think the band was originally Stan Bush in the Barrage? Oh, yeah. We, uh, like I say, we I played uh, clubs all over the South, you know, back in by school days and all that and then uh in my early 20s i got asked to join a recording group in colorado so i moved out there and we were in colorado for like two and a half years and then we got signed and went to la so that band uh broke up after one album the band was called boulder and uh anyway then i i had a chance to do a solo album and that album uh got i got signed by cbs records columbia and i did the first stan bush album then that was in like 81, I think. And uh, that after that album, kind of nothing really happened with it. But uh, 
I, that's when I got hooked up with Scotty brothers in the, you know, around 85 and 80, I think 86 is when we did the barrage album. This, that was my second, my second album. And then, uh, you know, after that, it was kind of, uh, you know, I kept doing different deals and things and rock, rock music kind of went away, at least the kind of rock that I did, the eighties rock. So I did more business like in Europe and Japan, you know, and tour, touring and things over there. And, uh, but I, I did a lot of cool stuff uh, back in that time. I sang a bunch of commercials. I was the voice for Toyota trucks and Coors beer and all this stuff. And uh, I was, uh, I sang on a bunch of albums, Alice Cooper and, you know, all these other people. Um, but it was a, it was a cool ride. And uh, like I say, the uh, Transformers thing, oh, around that time, also the first two Jean-Claude Van Damme movies, uh, Bloodsport and Kickboxer. I sang songs in each of those, and uh, also those are, fantastic. Yeah, that's it's cool stuff. You know, people they still see those movies. You know, like on cable or something. They're like, wow, you know. And so you know, it's like kind of a cult following. Just like the Transformers ended up being in the beginning. It's it's so interesting how that works out because when I first saw the Transformers movie, I was six, and I loved the movie so much, not only because how great it was to me. The soundtrack. So my dad took me to see when he took me to see the movie. He took me like he had to take me at least ten times <laughs> to see this same movie because I loved it that much. That's great. One of the times I went in there with a the little cassette player and recorded the whole movie with like a like a audio cassette player, and I would sit at home and play the songs back to back to back to back until like the tape popped because I, oh. I loved the I loved the soundtrack that much. Oh, that's great. So I, I say that because it just seems like that was just an era where you had all these fantastic musicians. You had Michael Jackson was in, in his prime at that point in time. You had sure. Prince. You, you just had so much music. And it just feels like today we kind of lost a little bit of that. That's what I like about your album now, Dare to Dream. It kind of feels like a flashback to that without sounding outdated. I think that's awesome. Like the song you have on, I think it's called the '80s. Yeah, fantastic song. I love it. It it feels oh, like you just it feels like something you just ride in your car to and go to the beach with and listen to it. Just it feels <laughs> you full of nostalgia. I like it. So, what was the process with working on this? First of all, how did you maintain this longevity? Because you put out an album like every few years. There's a Stan Bush <laughs> album coming out. So like, how do you maintain that longevity in general? I don't know. I, it's it's kind of uh, I just keep doing it. It's like to me, it's fun to, the, the writing a song is like kind of a puzzle, you know, it's like, but you ha you get excited about the melody and all that. And then you, you know, work on the lyrics, maybe a title comes first. And it's, it's kind of like chicken or the egg, whether you, whether you put the lyrics first or the music, you know, but for me, it, it's better to have the kind of the music first. And uh, I don't know though, it's just, I keep, uh, like I say, I've got sort of a fan base in England and Germany and Japan, some other places. And uh, it's been enough to keep me going, you know, like during the, the times when the grunge music came in in the 90s and, and all that, the early 2000s. And then rock sort of came back, the 80s rock thing. And uh, but I but thank you. That that 80s song was I thought that was real cool. The, the music video we did, that's actually my son. <laughs> He's playing a young me. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. Yeah, that was that was fun, man. We uh, I rented a VW bus to be in the in the video too, so you know it's definitely a time machine. You can tell, okay, this is not current. You know, this is looking back and you know that kind of thing. But you're right; it's about 
about nostalgia. You know, you think back about uh, how the music was. I love the 80s music because, you know, you go to the movies and you see like whatever it was, Back to the Future or, you know, the Top Gun movies. And the, the soundtrack was great. They'd have like phenomenal. And just like, wow, you know, and you'd walk out of the theater, you'd be singing the tune and, you know, it's, it's uh, I don't know. I, I love that style of writing where you have the the big hook, you know, the 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 memorable hook thing, you know, that's uh, that makes it a hit song. So let me ask you this then. Sure. To get further into this. What is it like touring overseas and getting this big buzz in Europe and Japan for your music and people chanting your name and stuff like that? How does that even I, that blows my mind? And like, hey, there's a whole nother market over here that loves your music. That's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, it, it it was really great. I, you know, I'd go over there and, you know, there'd be like people like wanting my autograph and things and they'd come to the shows and you'd look out there and they they were singing the songs. They knew the lyrics, <laughs> you know, it was great. You know, it, it's uh, it's like a, a really cool feeling, you know, to know that people, you know, like what you do. And uh, I guess that's true with anything, but uh, it was very humbling, though. And uh, I've had a lot of fun also like at the Transformers conventions and things I would go to those. and people would tell me, you know, that, that my music impacted their life somehow. And uh, it's really, really cool to hear that kind of stuff, you know. Speaking of that, my <laughs> friend, his name's Ben. He goes on Twitter at Ghost Rider UK. He's written a whole bunch of questions for you that you want me to ask you. I'm going to ask you some of them. Okay. And he said, one of the questions was, were you hesitant about putting your work on a toy commercial and do you think it paid off in the long run like it did? Did you think it would? In t- well, I think what he means is because originally people thought the Transformers movie was going to be like, hey, this is just the right. Because the whole premise of it was we want to get rid of our old line of Transformers, so we're going to kill them off of this movie. So since <laughs> it became like a toy commercial for the new Transformer figures. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I get you. In fact, uh, somebody commented they called the first Michael Bay film the most expensive a toy commercial ever made <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah it it, it kind of i don't know i i always thought it was cool to be a part of the brand you know it's like my uh my nephew back in back at the time you know, he was like nine years old and he had a transform it was the first time i'd ever seen a toy and he's like you know transformed it like really quick and i mean i was like messing with it for a lot i couldn't do anything <laughs> with it he, he's just like whip, 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 you know and there it was done it, it was it was like a truck into a into a, a robot or whatever so but I thought that they were very cool. It was a great idea. So, but yeah, I always Hasbro's been great to work with too. They're uh, they're awesome people over there. And uh, like I say, I go to the to the conventions and meet meet the people, meet the fans, and they're just wonderful people. So, that's awesome. Another question he has for you: you said you have been incredibly successful with the song, other songs besides the Touch, and your other albums and theme songs. He said, which one are you most proud of? Um, well, the touch is always going to be my signature song. Um, and even the fans that like my uh, album music that I do, I, you know, I write love songs and other things too. It's not just uh, action songs, but, uh, but it seems like nearly every album has some of those couple, at least two or three of those kind of, uh, it's sort of like almost motivational rock, you know, it's like, yes. cause I believe, you know, I believe really honestly that, you know, we, you, you, make your own reality we we make our own reality we uh you know if you sort of you know reach for stuff and push yourself and you there's really no limit to what you can do it's like 
it's pretty cool, but it's, it really is true, you know, and it, it makes me feel, it's very humbling to hear how somebody will say, wow, you know, that song really helped me when I was a kid or something like that, you know, and so I, it's the kind of, I think the touch was the thing that got me into that sort of niche, right? So. Yeah, I, I think so. Let me, let me ask you this, because I think this is interesting. Yeah. yeah. One, do you remember the first time when you went to a theater and heard one of your songs being played and the response it got? <laughs> Like, did you walk uh, into like transform the movie and see people like rocking out to that song or something like that? Well, the Transformers was probably the first one. I mean, there was another song from that album that was in a Charlie Sheen movie the, called The Wraith. And uh, and of course, the, um, you know, the Van Damme movies, that was cool, too. And hearing hearing my voice on, you know, on the soundtrack and all. But yeah, it's a, it's a cool feeling. It's just like when you hear yourself on the radio and it's like. Yeah, it's, it's very cool. It's like, uh, I don't know, like my kids when I, when they were little, they they would, uh, I would hear like, Toyota, and, and they would say, <laughs> I say, who is that? And they say, Addy. That's, <laughs> that's pretty you, cool. Got paid to yell, you know. <laughs> how, how does something like that even happen? They, they just say, hey, we want Stan Bush to represent Toyota. I just like. Well, yeah, it's, it's just a, you know, word of mouth kind of thing. I, I don't know when I was around that time, um, you know, I would, I would mail out cassette tapes. You mentioned cassette, but that's what we did back then. I'd send them to the producers and word would get around, you know, Hey, this guy is a really good singer. And so they'd call me for this, or that, you know, and it's a, uh, but it was a very cool time, you know, cause you know, commercials pay real well. So that, that, that was nice. <laughs> <laughs> Always good to get a little bit of extra cheese on for, for yeah. 30 seconds. <laughs> right, right. 30 seconds by a house, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so who are some of the artists that you work with that you love working with? Give me some crazy artist stories, people that you've worked with so far in your career. Well, Alice Cooper was really cool. He was actually very nice, I got to say. Um, but I, I remember for the for the album, he brought had like rattlesnakes in a cage that he brought into the studio to record them. You know, it's crazy stuff. But uh, but now he's a really good guy, and uh, you know, work, I worked with a bunch of other people like uh, Jonathan Kane from Journey. Um, when when Journey broke up, he called me, and uh, you know, we were gonna maybe do do a band or something. I went up there, spent a few days, and wrote songs with him, and. Uh, they wound up doing bad English instead, you know, but, uh, but it was a really great experience. And also Damn, that would have been cool. That would have been yeah. cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jim Valance is another one. Cause he, you know, he wrote all the Brian Adams hits, you know, Jim Valance. He, he also wrote Aerosmith stuff. And, but it's just, I noticed something about those two guys that really struck me was how hard they work. They, they would spend, you know, 12 hours a day in the studio, just, you know, working and working and just getting it just, just great, you know? And it's like, that's, that was the difference. It was like, okay, yeah, they're talented, but it's that old thing of like, you know, genius is 95% sweat, you know, and 5% brains or something like that. So, yeah. so, so what is your writing process? Like, how do you come up with songs and stuff like that? What do you do? You sit, just lock yourself in a dark room, say, I'm going to make a hit? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. No, I just, just diddle around on acoustic guitar and, uh, and just keep, you know, I'll keep playing with different ideas and just try to make something up. And it, it really, sometimes I'll, I'll go like days or even weeks and won't come up with anything. And then I'll, then I'll come up with something like a melody and a chord thing. And I'm like, Hey, this is pretty cool. You know? And if, you know, 
then I'll get inspired and keep working that same thing and maybe come, come up with another part to go with it. And then maybe come up with a title, like a chorus melody or something. And like, okay, this sounds like the chorus and then get a title. And then you sort of that, that way, then you have a theme and you sort of work backwards and fill in the, fill in the blanks, you know, uh, tell the story or whatever it is. But, uh, but that's generally how I do it. You know, it's like just kind of get a germ of an idea first on acoustic. So, Relatively speaking, how long do you think it takes you to make a song? Well, days. The, last, no, the last one I wrote in two days, but it's generally Ooh. take it. Just, no, sometimes I'll work weeks and even months on, you know, the, one of the things I learned, I think it was an article that Don Henley said something like that about lyrics. He's one of my favorite artists, by the way. Um, he that, you know, he sometimes would work like months on, on, on a lyric, you know, it's, it's uh, you know, I would, if I, anything I look back on maybe and, and think I could have done better was lyrics because, you know, you give up too soon or whatever, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but yeah, it's not that you always want to be clever, but I think it, there is a, a thing about where you, you know, you don't want to be cheesy either, you know, or, or be too obvious. It's sort of, it's, uh, I don't know. I, I kind of think I was, uh, my mind was somewhere else in when I had like poetry classes or something. <laughs> I, I never really got poetry. It's like, What's this supposed to mean? You know, well, what does it mean to you? <laughs> you know, <laughs> that kind of thing, right? <laughs> yeah, definitely. I, I got some questions because I want to talk about your your new album, Dead and Dream. Sure. What yeah. was the process of making this album? Because like I said, it has a very 80s feel to it in a good way. And you have some of those, like you said, you have some of the power ballads like you're known for, the slower songs. Do you have some of the inspirational songs? Like the, the title track, Dead and Dream. And it has su such a good feel to it. I, like I said, listening to the album, I feel like I'm, Back in the 80s, listening to Power Ballad stuff. It's awesome. What was the process like making this album? Uh, I Thank you so much for that. Yeah, it, it's really, you know, the COVID thing was, a, that was really, really hard on a lot of people. And, uh, you know, but if there's a silver lining in that, it was that that was a very creative time. Uh, most of the album was written and recorded during 2020. So I was working with myself and my producer, Holger Fath. He's really talented guy, but my best friend, and uh, he's from Germany, but he's been here about 30 years. But uh, anyway, he he uh, really helped bring the songs to life. But yeah, I, I was, uh, like I say, just cranking them out. It seemed like we did about a about every month we'd do a new song and uh, it, uh, it came out really good. I was very, very happy with the production and with the songwriting, but it's, it's one of those things that I think a lot of people, I had heard that from other people as well and uh, that, that they've got, there's probably a lot of really nice stuff coming out now <laughs> from, from, ba from bands and all, you know, cause COVID was, what else are you going to do? You know, <laughs> you're, uh, you're locked in. Well, you know. well since I'm glad you brought that up. So what is it like even recording and working on an album in COVID? I'm quite sure it's kind of hard to get studio time and things like that, unless you have a home studio. And, that's well, that, and you got everything yeah. done pretty fast. It seems like. Well, yeah, like I say, he, he has a home studio. So that's what we, that's what we did. We, we, we worked at his place and I'll, I'll go over there and like put down the basic song. Right. And then uh, we get like a track and just, I'll, I'll go ahead and sing it. A lot of times a, a final vocal and then I'll leave and then he'll spend like maybe days or weeks building up a track. And then, you know, when, when, when you put all the parts, the final parts on and, and mix it, it's like, sounds great. You know, that kind of thing. He's really good at that. So, um, but yeah, it's, uh, 
I enjoy the process. You know, it's uh, recording's fun. Live, live is fun too. It's just like I say, it's just a different animal. You know, it's like it's kind of cool to be able to do both things. Fortunately for me, I haven't had to do like like where you go on tour for twelve months or six or eighteen months or something. I couldn't do it. You know, I don't I don't know how these guys do that. You well, come home and the, and the dog bites you. You know. <laughs> <laughs> let, let me ask you this then: Are you looking forward to going out and performing live again? Yeah, absolutely. Um, been doing some shows around LA. I got a like an acoustic band that we do like classic rock stuff, covers and Zeppelin and that kind of stuff. And that's that's a lot of fun. So uh but I'm looking forward to playing, you know, playing out with the band and all uh doing some shows overseas and things like that as things open up. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's really cool to see things opening up now and getting a little bit back to normalcy in terms of how like no kidding. I'll do yeah. concerts again and everything like that. And the music is coming out. I think it's dope. And I'm happy that you're going to be able to go out there and perform again. That's awesome. Yeah, it'll be fun. So let me ask you a little bit more about your album. What is your okay. favorite song in there so far? Um, wow. Um, I really like the, the opening track born to fight. That was, uh, that was actually done. That was the last one we recorded. Um, I guess it was around September, um, it, like six months ago or so, seven months. Um, Netflix contacted me and asked, asked me to write a song for their, to promote their anime series. Uh, you know, their, their two most popular anime shows, uh, uh, see, uh, <laughs> Aki, no, Baki, that was it. And uh, Kingan Ashura. Anyway, oh. so I wrote those wrote the song born to fight song about fighting and then recorded it and they they loved it so we did a music video and uh that was very cool so then uh anyway uh so that was the last one and i thought it was such a great aor rock track you know i was like okay this is going to be the album opener and then uh anyway the the album at that point we finished it released it i guess it was in november and then uh, this this year uh just like three months ago we did two two Transformers music videos as well. Uh, one, you know, for the, also for Netflix, the Transformers trilogy called uh, War for Cybertron. Which is excellent. So, yeah, I, I haven't seen, I've seen clips of it, obviously, because they're, they're in the music video. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anyway. But it's been pretty cool. I mean, like I say, the album got received very, you know, highly with reviews and everything, and it's doing well. And, uh, you know, all that stuff. So um, I'm just kind of, and I'm working on something new. I just wrote a, a new song that came out. It's going to come out as a single next week. And uh, it's to promote a new project. You can just check my website about it. I'm, I don't want to get ahead of myself here. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll definitely do that. I, you are constantly working on stuff. That's awesome. And I think it's awesome. Like how does Netflix just contact somebody? Like, hey, oh yeah, Netflix just called me. Want me to do a song. That is a cool thing to just throw out there. That Netflix is like, hey, who do we need? Let's call Stan Bush. He's he he can make us something awesome. Uh, I, that was very very cool to be you know reached out to from Netflix. I was like, wow, you know, they they actually re I guess through my on the website it has the Stan Bush management. Uh, there's like a, a an email address there that people can reach me, and uh, that's how he I guess they got in touch with me. 
but uh but yeah that was awesome the guy's like you know he's he's a fan you know it's it's, like, <laughs> it's, it's kind of cool you know did he offer you free netflix did he say hey let's give let's stand with a discount on netflix i i got some i got some uh swag you know got <laughs> all right we ain't gotta say what it is <laughs> netflix <laughs> coffee cup, all, this stuff, all these things <laughs> let's, let's not get stand for some trouble for netflix <laughs> oh yeah right <laughs> <laughs> So let me ask you this. Who is an artist that you haven't worked with so far that you like to work with in this current generation of artists? Wow. You know, I'm not really up on uh, a lot of the newer acts and new, newer artists. Uh, honestly, um, I mean, I, I say my, I just don't know that much about what's going on, honestly. It's like, I don't blame you. I don't, I'm not, I don't know much either. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's hard just, to know. You know that I I'll hear a song and I'll be oh that's cool but but a lot of the stuff is like you know you just you know you think back of the oldies and I'm still working off of that stuff kind of in you know in my mind a lot of a lot of it I mean I, I really like artists like Don Henley I think it's great I haven't gotten his new album but uh, I ought to uh, uh, you know just for just for reference I, I like to hear what people are doing you know and but. Uh, I- I think you brought up an interesting conversation. How do you maintain your voice? Because you have the same voice you had since since you started. And it sounds crazy that you still have that same range. It's oh, awesome. thanks. Well, that's, again, uh, not having to tour months and months at a time. Um, you know, I, I can be very selective. I'll do, like, one show, and then, you know, a few months later, I'll do another show. So I don't have to go play night after night. It's, it, a lot of the guys in bands from like the 80s, I mean, they they don't have the high range anymore because it's it's really hard to do that, you know, you know, playing night after night like that. And that's yeah. the, the high notes are the first ones to go. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's what's most impressive about your albums. You still are hitting them. I'm like, well, this is not like Stan Bush is still hitting the high notes and still sound like Stan Bush. That's kind of awesome. Oh, thanks. Yeah, it's you know, one of my favorite singers of all time uh, was Lou Graham from Foreigner, the original, you know, Foreigner singer. He was like awesome. Yeah, just yeah. in his prime, he was like, they, nobody could touch him in my mind, you know. But uh, all that all that stuff like feels like the first time and hot-blooded. And this guy is an amazing singer. But, uh, so I've always had a, res- a lot of respect. I, I did audition for that group at one point, by the way. I, uh, I was in 94, I think it was. I was coming back from a tour with opening for Survivor in, in Europe, and they flew me to New York City and put me up in a hotel on Central Park. And uh, anyway, I went down, and the uh, they went with somebody else. But it was really, really cool playing, singing those songs with those guys. You know, that had to be awesome. And how do you pick somebody else over Stan Bush? I don't, I don't, I don't even get that one right there. <laughs> well, you know what? Honestly, this is a, this is a factor. Is you know, I, I played guitar in the audition because I, you know, I play guitar too, but. But they were looking for this, you know, the the, the definitive front man, the uh, okay, you know, you know, flamboyant. You know, I don't know if that's the right word, but you know, like David Lee Roth, he's like does these flying leaps, and I mean, I can't do. So, I mean, so I, can, you know, I can do that. I can do that to an to a point, but and I should have probably because anyway, but it, it it all worked out for the best. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So, yeah. Final question. Well, before yeah. we go, give me yeah. a crazy Stan Bush. Fan story or road story that you had performing or something like that? Okay. Um, let's see. Probably four years ago, I was playing 
uh, was actually at Transformers uh, convention back east, and uh, he had just come off of a panel about Transformers. And backstage, I saw him walking away, and it was Mark Wahlberg. And uh, and I said, "You got the touch." <laughs> and he turned around and he, he says, "How did I do?" Talking about blood. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, uh, Boogie Nice. And I I said, oh, "I was great." Anyway, about a few minutes later, he comes over and brings his phone and stands next to me. And we start singing after all is said together. <laughs> like a couple of drunk guys. And uh, anyway, he put it on his social media, you know, and uh, it was really cool. He's a nice guy. And uh, that was a very cool thing he did. That's amazing. That's yeah, awesome. Right? Yeah. I think that's the perfect way to end this episode, man. Thank you for coming on. This is oh, amazing. Friend. Dream come true. You're welcome back anytime. I had a blast. Thanks. Have a great one. Thank you, man. Take care. Oh, before we go, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, let them yeah. know. Let them know where to find your album, Matt, and to find you on social media. Oh, okay. Yes, stanbush.com. And uh they can find out what's happening, what's coming up, and uh, of course the album's available on on there too. And uh yeah, and, and I really appreciate doing the interview with me. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming on. I appreciate it. And as always. Delvin Cox Experience, we are out. Peace. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Delvin Cox Experience. If you'd like more content, you can go on patreon.com slash the Delvin Cox Experience. There, you will find bonus podcasts and a lot more content. Also, shout out to Patreon producer Ben Goodwin, aka UK Ghostwriter. If you want to check him out, go on Twitter at Ghostwriter underscore UK. Thank you.